0: Reading from verse 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power all were amazed and perplexed saying to another one another what does this mean but others sneered and said they are filled with new wine but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Job. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John chapter 15, reading from verse 26 to 27. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me. From the beginning. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence here. Spirit, breathe over the words that I speak that your people hear you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. When Ezekiel heard those words in the vision of the valley of dry bones that you saw right at the beginning of the service, he understood it in terms of what he just seen, just absolutely saw before his eyes. The breath, the wind, the ruach, the spirit that gave life in the beginning of the creation of the world put breath, new life, in the new bodies formed from the dry bones. This was, of course, 600 years before Christ. But Ezekiel tantalizingly makes a prophetic reference also to the resurrection that Jesus is going to bring not just for himself, but all who believe in him. Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. But those words from Ezekiel, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, come to pass in a way which is equally astounding, even more astounding as the vision of the dry bones come to life. 120 people we know gathered together to pray. And they experienced a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And there's a joke in this, did you know that? If you remember the Tower of Babel, mankind spoke with one voice. God gave them different tongues to divide them. And now He's given different tongues and and tongues of fire divided to unite them in the Spirit. It's an ironic joke by the Lord, an aside. But God breathed His Spirit. God poured out His Spirit on the living people, the living men and women in that upper room, giving them His presence and the ability to prophesy, to dream dreams, to see visions, and the ability to do signs and wonders in His glorious name. And Peter describes it later in Acts 2, that what happened was what God had prophesied through Joel. In the last days it will be God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And linking it back to Ezekiel, God said, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. To feel his pr- and he's still here alive with us making us come alive in our souls as we worship and open up ourselves to Him. And the coming of the Holy Spirit to live within you and me as followers of Jesus is what makes Christianity unique, so special, so different. What, it's what gives us hope as God's people in any circumstances. Even these dystopian days of the pandemic, when everything has been turned upside down. God's presence within you gives you hope. At the beginning of the service, I said that Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones, reminds us powerfully of a fundamental lesson. That when the Spirit is present, God's people are enabled to live. When the Spirit is present, God's people are enabled to live. It was the only basis on which hope could be felt by the despairing exiles in Babylon, by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down and wept. But the Spirit of God lifted them up. They knew there would be a return. They knew that God had not abandoned them. And it remains the only basis of hope for us today as God's people. In the Ezekiel vision, God says he's going to put life into the dead. And in Acts 2, God shows that the coming of the spirits brings life into the spiritually dead and moribund. The disciples were transformed from cowering behind locked doors because they were still frightened of the authorities. They were still wondering what was going to happen now that Jesus, their rabbi, had been taken away. But they were transformed. They became bold without fear of proclaiming the goodness of God even when expressly forbidden, even when they were beaten, stoned, jailed, punished, threatened with death. They become alive with the power of God. And we see the effects it had on them and that community. That day, about 3,000 persons were added. One day, 120, 3,000. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together, Together, like this, and all had had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Pentecost is literally when the church began. It marked the revival of the earthly ministry of Jesus through his disciples doing what he did in his lifetime. Jesus died, resurrected, ascended. They stayed. But they... Pentecost marked the beginning of a new wave of ministry in the way Jesus had done. And it's why we still mark Pentecost as the beginning, as the birthday of the church. But equally important, Pentecost is significant because it brings life where before there had been law. Interestingly, Pentecost falls on the 10th day after Ascension. Those of you who have been counting since uh, we started our prayers will know this. And 50 days after Easter. This is historically and symbolically related to the Jewish harvest festival of Shavuot, or the day 50 days after the Exodus on which God gave the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. So 50 days after the Exodus, we had the letter of the law, the commandments given. 50 days after Easter, we had the Holy Spirit poured out onto the followers of Jesus. The difference, though, is that the letter, the commandments, kills, but the Spirit gives life. Paul puts it in this way in 2 Corinthians 3. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And that life is what Jesus spoke about in John 15, when he says the spirit would guide us into all the truth and would glorify him, because he will take what is Jesus's and declare it to us. What is Jesus's? All that the Father has, the life that flows from the throne of heaven, the life that has filled us as we've worshipped him in spirit and in truth today. Jesus offers that life freely. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. The spirit comes to transform you and me, As we see with the first Pentecost, the disciples clearly felt something else as well as seeing the stunning display of flames and wind blowing from where they knew not. Suddenly they knew as the Spirit filled them what God's love really meant. They felt it. They felt full of it and it made them happy and excited. They wanted to tell God about it. Indeed, as the onlookers said, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. They were praising God for who he was, giving him his worship, his rightful worship, as we have been doing today. And of course, they wanted to tell others about it too. Indeed, through their speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit did it for them. They wanted everyone to know God like this. The Elamites, the Phrygians, those from Pamphylia. They wanted them all to know God like this because they knew how wonderful it was. And far from feeling destitute without the presence of Jesus who ascended, they now sensed him with them, within them, more deeply and closely than ever before. And God's love in them made them want to share the good news rather than keep it to themselves. And Peter, speaking for the disciples, stands up and explains to the crowd that it's not just for us privileged, exalted ones who've walked with Jesus, who've ascended the mountain with him. No, he says, in the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all, not some, all flesh. And God is still doing that today. If we're open to Him, pouring out His Holy Spirit on people every day, and whenever anyone is serious about having the love of God living in them, the Spirit will come and fill them. I don't. God orchestrates this thing. I found this testimony from a previous church member. And I, I'm going to quote it. God's given me a spirit of joy. When I first approached Bimbi about being an evangelist, his response was to welcome my willingness. But to point out that it won't really work telling people about the joy of salvation and life with God when you're someone who has no joy in themselves. I can see now how prophetic that response was. After much praying and seeking after a further anointing of the Holy Spirit, in the last couple of months, I've been given it. I first felt it on Sunday, 11th March, at the evening praise service at St. Paul's, after spending a couple of days at a conference with Roland Baker and others from Iris Ministries, Heidi Baker's ministry, and listening to them telling me exactly what I needed to hear. And I've continued to feel it on several occasions since then. And when I feel the Holy Spirit, how does he manifest himself? Not through speaking in tongues, or falling over, or shaking, as happens to some, but by a feeling of unstoppable joy, so that I can't stop grinning, and laughter wells up inside me. God has given me the thing I most lacked so that I can do his work. Ah, oh, The goodness of God at work, eh? The goodness of God at work. Somebody was hungry. They, they, they could have been very cross with me because I spoke to them in truth and said, how can you be an evangelist with no joy? What will someone want to see and get from you if they look at you? And don't see the joy, the evidence of God's presence within you. And they went away and persevered, searching for God and met with his joy. But someone here, someone listening may be saying, how do I receive this Holy Spirit? Well, it's straightforward. Say this prayer. It's said on NSPFD every morning during the week. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come and be my Lord and personal Saviour. Forgive me my sin. Cleanse me. Sanctify me. Make me pure and whole again. Amen. That's it. It's as straightforward as that. If you've said that prayer, you've invited Jesus into your life and received His Holy Spirit. I'd invite you to come up for prayer afterwards when we have prayer ministry after the service or get in touch with a Christian or our church office because it would be great to connect with you it would be good to set you on the right path to be alongside you on your new journey but if you've already invited Jesus into your life but want more of his spirit want more of his life within you if you know that you're feeling dry and empty like the dry bones you saw in that valley If you know that you haven't got the courage to share your faith with anyone, if you know that you lack peace and joy in your life, I beg of you, don't just put up with your situation. Reach out to God. Maybe that's you in that word I had about being on the ground, bowed down in the dust, and God's picking you up with his hand. I just got the impression of God picking somebody up from the ground. Reach out to him. Because the real issue is, do we truly want him? Often we don't really want God that close. Perhaps we're scared of God really being powerful. Scared of him stunning us with his power. Or scared of him overturning everything we've taken for granted in our lives. The way we've ordered our lives. What I do with my time. Yeah, you can be scared of that. Because you've got your life comfortable. Comfortable where you want it and you don't know what he's going to do but perhaps that's because you forget that with his power which is full of love and goodness we don't have to be afraid he always has our best intentions at heart the disciples were we are told in acts chapter one were constantly devoting themselves to prayer they were spending all day in god's company waiting and hoping for the Holy Spirit to come, well i 've asked you, to spend one hour in prayer on one day between June the first and June 21st. If you think that 's a lot, they were spending all day in prayer. If we want something really badly, it fills our thinking all the time. I guess most of us, when we were looking for a new computer or a new tablet computer or learning to drive, we'd be reading all the adverts, the magazines, the guidebooks, spending money on lessons, working hard at them, making sure we get expert advice and all the information we need to operate the computer or the car, to drive it. We devote a lot of time and our focus to something we really want badly. So if individually and together as a church we're serious about more of His Spirit, a fresh outpouring of His Spirit, what can you and I do? Well, the obvious thing is to want more of Him, want more of God in our lives. We can want Him when we wake up. Lord, thank you for taking me through the night. What do you want of me today? We can want Him all through the day. Lord, give me an opportunity when I see X, Y or a stranger that they might open up and give me a cue to talk about Him. We can want Him when we go to sleep at night. We say our prayer asking Him for His presence, for His dreams, for His visions. We can want it so much that we start listening to God and getting our lives ready to receive His gift. We can put God at the center instead of somewhere squeezed in at the edge of our life. And God will come to us, filling us with his Holy Spirit and transforming our lives. I'm going to ask Victor Britton Wong to go to the lectern mic now, just to share a testimony of, of something that happened recently to him. I spared him reading this at 8 a.m. at the 8 o'clock service, so he wouldn't have to get up too early, but he's going to read it.
1: Right. When I first tuned into NSPPD prayer platform at the end of January, I was put off by it. It was just too loud, too brash, too noisy. I switched off in less than five minutes. Then God spoke to me a couple of days later, and he said, if you receive a prophet, you shall receive a prophet's reward I felt convicted uh, that I was too quick to judge and I was sorry I mean the funny thing is that when I pray in tongues I'm even more animated and more physical than the people on NSPPD you've seen the way I worship you see how I wave my hands so when I pray in tongues if you come close within an arm's length you might just get whacked (laughs) So I started joining NSPPD again on the 3rd of February, and it's been a wonderful time each weekday morning. For the past three months, I have no words to describe it. What it's like joining in prayer, in declarations. I'm grateful to God for getting my attention. Thank you. But if you to ask me what about the noise, I can I will say. Just as you are going on the shore, you hear the waves but as you proceed to the depth, you don't hear it anymore. And similarly as I proceed into the depth of God's presence in the prayer declarations, in the prayer platform I no longer hear the noise.
0: Thank you. Thank you Victor for sharing that. And, and just in case you're wondering what NSPPD stands for, it's been in the magazine I've mentioned it before, new season of prophetic prayer declarations. And it's a pastor Jerry Ezzi from Umahe in Nigeria who is speaking to 50,000 of us on YouTube and I don't know how many thousands on Twitter and Facebook every morning at 7 a.m. There's an altar, there's an anointing of God and the testimonies of God's goodness are growing and growing and encouraging those of us who listen every morning. But I hope you notice three things. Victor listened to God. He listened to the urging of the Spirit to persevere. And when he gets on the platform, he doesn't just observe. Although it's on a computer screen, he prays with them. He prays, like we pray. We're praying in tongues. We have to pray, actually, because half the time we'd fall asleep again. We have to pray. And Anthony nudges me if I'm falling asleep, and I nudge her if she's falling asleep. But we pray. And uh, and also... If you can, if you're unable to, you pray in tongues alongside with the pastors. And that's quite important. And I'm going to read an extract from Kenneth Hagen in his book, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. He has some amazing testimonies of the miracle-working power of God that was manifested through those who strongly believed and practiced praying in Tongues. And one testimony is told of one brother, Boli, a missionary to West Africa. He traveled by sailboat to some primitive islands to preach the gospel to unreached tribes. One night on his return to the mainland, a storm arose at sea. This was at the turn of the 20th century, when they didn't have lights or navigation equipment. The storm was so bad that they reached a point of two choices— they could stay out at sea and be swallowed up by the turbulent waves or direct the boat towards shore through the coral reef where in all likelihood it would be smashed to pieces. Either way, barring, barring a miracle, everyone on the boat would die. Unbeknownst to Bowley, one of his helpers back at the mission station on the mainland had a burden to pray that night. Not knowing the situation or even quite what she was sensing, she prayed in tongues for about two hours. Then the burden lifted from her and she had a note of victory that the answer had come. Hagen apparently heard Boley share this testimony in person or else he would have had a hard time believing it himself. But apparently, around the same time that the burden of prayer lifted off this woman, the boat took off in the air like an airplane, sailed over the dangerous reef, and landed in the harbor where the waters were calm and peaceful. There was much rejoicing, and not a life was lost. Why are we not seeing and hearing more testimonies like this today? Hagen asks. It's simple. Because we're not praying very much in the tool of the spirit that he's given us. Other tongues praying with God's spirit within us. The tongues. And maybe why this NSPPD platform is having such an impact around the world. is because (laughs) it's spiritual warfare. It is praying in tongues loudly. And joining in. Join in. Join in if you can, if you decide to go onto that platform. Look at our previous emails from the church. We've often provided links. But God gave me these words several years ago, and I feel that I should repeat them today. Behold, the Spirit is here like a cloud of fine mist. He comes to bring strength to the weary, to set the captives free, if you will but reach out to him. He comes to flood our hearts with the love of God so that his love flows from us to restore a hurting creation. Do you want him? Do you need him? For he will not impose himself, but looks for those who say, Lord, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I'm tired of trying to live without you and want to follow Father's way and not my way behold, he comes to restore, to set free, to bless, for he is like that, constantly giving out of love, constantly healing that which the enemy has sought to destroy, constantly loving in a way which we cannot possibly envisage or comprehend. And he's here just for you and you and you and each one of us. So are you hungry for more? Do you want to experience the Holy Spirit in your life like the disciples did the first Pentecost? In 2 Corinthians 3:17 Paul says, "The Lord is now the Lord is a spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." I'm going to ask the Lord now, as we stand, to release his freedom in this place. Keith had a word earlier about God wanting to release people in tongues. So what I'm going to do, um, I asked Eden, he's going to play for us. Maybe a song he's going to put on. And I'm going to invite you all to speak out aloud. If you can't speak in tongues, pray in English or French or Swiss German or whatever it is you want to pray Or, or, or whatever language, Yoruba pray or Ibo pray in it. Whatever language, but if you can pray in tongues, let your tongues rise within you. Stand, because we are going to rend the, We're going to ask the Lord to rend the heavens. And as you stand, also hold your hands out if you want God's touch, God's fill, filling for yourself, God's healing on your body. Most of us knew, normally need something being healed. So let's all stand. And in this time of Pentecost worship, let's give Him praise. So as Eden starts, I'm going to lead us in just praying in tongues. If you're watching online, join on in tongues or pray in English use whatever language. And Father, we're going to ask in the name of Jesus Christ, release people who open their mouths and are praying in English and who cannot speak in tongues to speak in tongues today. Because you did it for me just like that back in 1992. You did it for me. So do it again, Lord. I stand on my own testament and I release the Spirit of God. If you're not praying um, in tongues yet, use this opportunity. Pray in and just allow the Spirit to move your mouth. Whichever song you feel is right. I just encourage you as we we sing just to focus not on the words we're singing but to focus on praying. You're allowed to speak even if you can't sing, so do it. Thank you. When you walk into the Everything changes, darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring, and when you walk